Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. After episode 300, Phil and Senda went on to record many more episodes of Pandas Talking Games and ultimately ended at some point in the future, having given out GMing advice for many, many years and hopefully helping people and making gaming a better place. That that sounded kind of like an epilogue. Oh, but we're at the beginning of a show. Well, maybe we should talk about epilogues today. Okay. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts who loves denouements, Phil. And I'm your other host who who loves epilogues? What are you throwing to me here? I got it. I got it. I nailed it. Okay, Senda. <laughs> yes. The point being, they're not the same. Uh-huh. We'll get we to that. It. We're going to get to that in a minute. But yeah. we need to address something first. <laughs> yes. It's episode 300. It is episode 300. And 300 is a big, it's it's a big number, a beautiful round number with several zeros at the end, really just a couple, but it's one of those numbers that as a podcaster, it makes you stand up and pay attention. Like, maybe sit up and pay attention, but you know, whatever is comfortable. Sure, you know, however you want to pay attention. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the point is, first of all, congratulations, 300 episodes. Yeah, congratulations, 300 episodes. Look at you. But it's also not actually 300 episodes. Yes, it's sort of a lie. <laughs> yes, it's not a lie. <laughs> we have some unnumbered episodes, mostly during the pandemic, when we kept recording, but we didn't necessarily feel like we were doing the show justice. Yeah. And a large part of that, again, if you remember from a few years ago, um, if you were listening to us a few years ago, we were really just trying to stay connected to everybody during really uncertain times. And again, we weren't like really doing much of anything other than getting on the mics and talking just to make something happen, just so that if you were home listening to podcasts, at least we could keep you company. So there are a number of episodes where we just didn't number them. Which means it's, it's it's a large number. It's like twenty or thirty. Yeah, it's like twenty twenty, right? Like yeah, it's, it's like pretty much the vast majority of twenty twenty. Yeah, which was a rough place for us. Yes. So, so we don't count those in our official numberings, right? Our official numbered episodes are structured episodes that we do with a topic and all of that stuff. So. This is our three hundredth episode, but it is not the. We have recorded many more episodes than that, and that's okay. We get to number them the way we want them. But also, to make this more confusing, if you really have listened to Pandas, you know that our seasons start and end in March because that is when the show first started, yes. was in the middle of March of six years ago. Yeah, it was like of 2016. 2016, 2016 is when the show Holy started. Holy cow. Correct. So... While we are noting this as a memorable moment, 300, because that's a really nice number, uh, we will do all of our retrospective, our recap and our like what's coming in the future later in March. Yeah, when, when we actually wrap another year. Yeah, when we wrap another year of recording. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's really interesting to anybody. So let's stop it's talking about it. It's interesting to us because 300 is a big number. Again, Correct. congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> and now let's do what we do best and actually uh, grab a topic and dispense some gaming advice. Yes, absolutely. So today's topic is once again from K-pop and RPGs. This is, uh, I think, the second show in a row, um, which puts you in a very elite, but potentially accidentally elite club of having back-to-back episodes, because um, sometimes it just happens. Yeah, there are a handful of people who have who have gotten back-to-back episodes. I think Jerry has been one of them. There's definitely some more folks. Oh, there's definitely some more folks. Don't if but I if trying, we, but trying to remember off the top of some of our heads. It's impossible just, because we don't actually remember episodes. If you know, and there are three hundred of them. Correct. So some of you have made the cut <laughs> where you've gotten two in a row. Many of you have more than one episode, and those Absolutely, are also yeah. great. But two in Pretty a row awesome. is actually um, even a smaller um, grouping. Yeah, anyway. it's interesting. It just means that you you caught Phil's attention Twice. multiple times in a row, right? For what sounded interesting. Anyway, tip to you. So for today's episode, um, from K-pop and RPGs, um, we have the question: What makes a good epilogue? In almost every game, you tell an epilogue, usually as a player for your character, even if the game doesn't explicitly say so. And there's hardly any advice on how to do it, what to include, how long it should be, if it's just for PCs, what to do if you have a big rotating cast of characters, etc. Um, I hope we can make a topic out of that. Absolutely we can. That's a great topic. And you're right. There's not a lot of information out there um, unless the game that you're playing like has a specific structure for an epilogue, which, you know, happens sometimes in more scene-based um, games. But um, there's not a lot just sort of generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of games will tell you like, oh, when you wrap up your campaign, have an epilogue. Right. And this falls into that kind of um, gaming, I don't want to say rules, but like gaming structures that kind of are independent of games. Like It's independent of system, maybe, mostly. Yeah, like most games won't tell you to do this, but it's a great tool that you can just add to, you can add it to basically every game. Yes. Yeah, unless it's already been called out, right? So yeah, I mean, I the the reason I said that is because I am racking my brain to try to remember which games, or even pull one out. But I know that I have played games oh, I, that have you know defined, and now you will do the epilogue, which looks like this, and like that's great. But it, like I said, wh- that is much more something I have encountered when I am playing or running games that are scene structures more than like um, something that is just like a system of rules, which will not necessarily tell you to do an epilogue, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, usually if you see it in a game, it is a very specific reason they put it in, like Fiasco Mm -hmm. is a game. Yes, exactly. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Fiasco is a game that has epilogues built into it kind of thing. And that's Um, okay. Right? And that's like, okay, right? And like our traveling home would be another one. Um, but it's because, you know, the work that you did in the scene by scene play working up to the end of the story, um, like how many points you gathered defines your epilogue. So the epilogue is actually part of play, right? So that's where it's a little bit distinct in a similar way to fiasco, except as a group instead of as individuals. Yep. So all that aside, 
Yes. You want to do epilogues? <laughs> yeah, cool. let's talk about them. <laughs> let's talk about epilogues. Let's talk about when you're just doing them. And I feel like before we can actually talk about them so that we're all on the same page about what an epilogue is... I know We're what this is. We need a definition. Yeah, we need a definition. <laughs> definition it is. The definition of epilogue taken right from the digital dictionary, a section or speech at the end of a book or play that serves as a comment on or a conclusion to what has happened. So obviously we're playing a role playing game. So we would remove uh, end of book or play with end of game. Yes. Uh, and we'll get into a little more description on that um where do epilogues go well <laughs> obviously epilogues go at the end like we uh -huh. said but that would bring up the question but isn't that where the denouement is and the answer is yes it is at the end where the denouement is and you might ask what is the difference yeah. between an epilogue and the denouement because we have talked about denouement on this show a lot. As a re as a refresher, denouement, the cuddling. The cuddling, yes. Yes, of, of the story structure. Mm -hmm. um, or as I like to um, beat Chris about the head with Freetog's Pyramid, it is the downslope of Freetog's Pyramid, <laughs> right? I personally prefer the cuddling. Yes, it is definitely the cuddling. Anyway, is an epilogue the same thing as a denouement? And the answer is no. And we had to go to the internet to... Um, some like literature and English sites to get something that we could use for this. And I particularly like this piece that we found. An epilogue is an optional follow-up after a story has concluded, while denouement is an essential point in the plot that allows the story to conclude. In a sense, an epilogue shows how the story's denouement has affected its characters after a period of time. And I'm going to put an underline under after a period of time. Right. So when we have an adventure, so a story, or we have the conclusion of a story arc, we will have a denouement because we will have a climax and then we'll have a denouement. And maybe then we start another adventure or maybe we start another arc. And that's fine, right? We have the denouement and then the next, you know, the next thing comes along. Yes. If you are, and I'm going to say this, epilogues go in a specific place. They go at the end of campaigns and they go at the end of one shots. Yes. And, and it, they go in when you are done playing the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else is really a denouement, right? Anything else that happens after the climax that is kind of wrapping things up, but then you start something new. That's a denouement, not an epilogue. And, yes. Okay, cool. You're with me, right? So the yes, epilogue yeah, the epilogue is going to be the thing that happens at the end of a campaign or one shot that has affected the characters after a period of time. Yeah. Should we talk about uh, one famous literary example? We, You need to talk about it because I am actually <laughs> the least versed at this. So I'm going to well, hand this over to your expertise. Okay. Well, it's been a little while. That's um, okay. And, and But fortunately, this is one part that the movies managed to not change around too much. So everybody will probably be on the same page with me, whether we've been doing book reading or movie watching. So let's talk about The Lord of the Rings. So the climax, right? Frodo 
well, Frodo doesn't throw the ring into the, you know, fires of Mount Doom, but Gollum does it for him along with the rest of his body. Um, and then, uh, and then we, you know, get from that point, from that climax point, everything from there is a denouement, but it's the Lord of the Rings. So it has to be slightly complicated, right? So, you know, we come out of there, we, we got a, um, a crown Aragorn king. Um, we got to honor the hobbits, do a, a lovely trek home to the Shire, stop along the way, see all the friends that we met on the way out, um, spend some time in Bree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, get back to the Shire and then, and then mini climax. Now we have to deal with Saruman again, because we haven't wrapped up what he did when he went off and, you know, decided to just screw people over because he was mad. Um, he was a sore loser, right? So um, got to go back to the Shire, take care of the Shire, clean up the Shire, mini climax, and then additional denouement as everybody settles in, you know, Sam gets married, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, moves back into Bag End with Rose and they have a baby. And, you know, that's our denouement, right? Got denouement all the way there. And then time passes, right? And then we take Frodo, meet up with Bilbo in the woods with all the elves. And now we're in epilogue because time has passed and we send them over the seas. That... That's the epilogue. The mm -hmm. epilogue is sending Frodo, Bilbo, and the elves across the seas yep. um, to the west. They pass to the west. Anyway, there yeah, we go. It's perfect. That's Great. our so that's our example, um, and that's um, I think it's a pretty good example. We may come up with some other ones as we go, um, but to define our denouement from our epilogue, that's yeah. probably we're going to refer to that potentially again. <laughs> yeah. In fact. Um, I will, um, what you call it? I was going to try to be topical because over the weekend I watched the movie 300. Sure. Yes. And that is um, topical. Right. Very topical for this <laughs> 300. episode. 300. And um, see, see, now is the place where you should be doing it. This is do it, do it, do the thing. No, no, I'm not doing it. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ryan has it. If Ryan wants to put it here, Ryan can put it here. <laughs> Madness. This is. Pandas! Bloop. So the climax of that movie is the um, last stand of Leonidas. So Leonidas, um, Leonidas throws his spear, right? He hits Xerxes to prove that Xerxes is, you know, um, mortal, can be injured, and then dies in a hail of arrows while, you know, he calls out to his wife as he's, you know, falling um, and dying. And the denouement is kind of the wrap-up of the one messenger he sent home comes home, delivers the bad news to his wife. He goes and speaks in front of the Senate. And then our epilogue, which is tricky because in the structure of that movie, the movie starts with this scene and then ends with it. The epilogue is the battle that happens a year later. Yeah. Time passes. Uh, time again. passes. Time passes. Right. And then they show uh, the Spartans and the Greeks getting ready to fight the Persians, right? Mm -hmm. All historical references aside, it's a it's a fictitious movie based on a graphic novel. Don't hold us to, I'm just telling you what happens in the movie, right? Sure, um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, but that's the thing, right? You have a denouement that happens immediately after the climax that brings the story to close. And then, like you said, time passes, and then we get to see something that happens. Yep. Okay. 
having now separated out denouement from epilogue, Mm -hmm. which I think we did a good job, and defining epilogue. Yes. K-pop and RPGs had some specific questions about epilogues that we thought we would answer, as well as we're going to throw in some extra tips after we answer all the questions. So the first question was, what do you include in an epilogue? And you and I are going to ping pong our way through these. Yeah, for sure. And so I think the first one, and this is the one we we think of pretty immediately, is how is the character after all of the events of the campaign? Like, now that that has passed, and they've had some time to settle into whatever it is that they are doing or wherever they are being now, how are they? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, did they become a farmer and, like, you know, put away their swords? Did they never stop adventuring? Like, they just, you know, continue on doing job after job? Adventure like, I mean, adventure? It, it's interesting because I, I know I talked about this before that I finished the book Legends and Lattes pretty recently. But the funny thing about that book is it's basically um, someone's epilogue written into its own story, like story arc, right? But like, you know, orc adventurer um, leaves to go start coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is someone's epilogue, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's actually the that's actually the fun twist to that story, right? It's it like is. It's somebody's yeah. epilogue. You're, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, yeah. So what happened to the character? Right. Because that's the thing. If we are watching a uh, if if we're watching a piece of media, you know, we become invested in a character. And if we're playing in a campaign, we become invested in a character. And so when we get to the epilogue, that's like really the first thing we want to know is like, what happened to them? Yeah. What are, what are, what are they doing? We kind of merged some of these things together. But and I will say yeah. this, there's. um Chris talks about this on the Misdirected Mark from time to time, that there are dynamic characters and there are static characters, right? So like sure. Batman being the ultimate static character, right? Like he is yes. he is Batman at all Batman. times, right? No matter how the world changes, still Batman. Still Batman. Right. And then dynamic characters are changed by the world. So one of the things that the epilogue lets us see is, is our character dynamic or static? Yeah. Are they still just off doing the same thing and we get to imagine doing them doing that thing forever? Or are we seeing the next, a glimpse of the next phase of whatever they're evolving into? Exactly. So epilogues are a great place to kind of lean into that. And it can be fun for a character that was very static during the campaign to now have become dynamic in the epilogue. Vice or vice versa, right? A very dynamic character um, you think is going to like evolve, but then like after the denouement never changes again. Yep. (laughs) Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can flip flop those or you can reinforce them. A static character um, in the campaign remains a static character afterwards, kind of affirming who they were. Yeah. You know, and a dynamic character changes, whatever, like that kind of thing. Okay. So that's the first one. Um, who did and that? kind of the second one. <laughs> yeah. We, like I said, we sort of merged these together. So that's I'll fine. just jump in. Um, did they reach any of their goals or fail to reach any of their goals having attempted to? So that would, that's, that's an interesting one. You know, if, if um, the person left the party to start a coffee shop, 
and they succeeded in doing that, it's really interesting to get a glimpse of them being successful in starting that coffee shop. But it also might be really interesting um, in a very different way to see the results of them failing to start a successful coffee shop. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to keep talking about coffee shops a lot, apparently. <laughs> Fine. Do you want to just plug? Uh, do you want to just plug that book real quick? It was really cute. I enjoyed it. Um, it's interesting because it's not the most recent book I finished, but I haven't quite wrapped my head around how to involve that one yet. So it'll come up in a in a couple minutes, I'm sure. It had a great epilogue. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one might be something about their family or a legacy, like maybe. Um, Maybe you talk a little bit about the character, but then you might also talk about like their offspring yeah, um, or their legacy. Like maybe they created an institution that went forward and did all these things. They founded a wizardry school. Um, they created a, uh, you know, cool coffee shop like that, you know, stayed in the town forever and ever, you know, like, like you can, besides just talking directly about the character, you can talk about their offspring and the legacy that they've created. Yeah, so here we are. I just finished uh, Light from Uncommon Stars, and um, it is a book about music and identity and found family, and um, it basically, well, it's really good. Anyway, you should go read it. But in the epilogue, um, you know, there's, uh, without giving too much away, um, there is a culture that has lost music in space. And with music, they sort of have lost their ability to... Um, have hope um, and to see endings as, you know, an opportunity for new beginnings and a lot of those um, kind of pieces about, you know, being mortal that we kind of have to hang on to. Um, and um, the, the legacy is this idea of music being once again spread across space to basically combat the despair of the seeing endings as final. Um, and it was really good and you should go read it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but in terms of a legacy epilogue, um, a really beautiful one, music in space, um, pretty great. Um, the last point is how does history remember them, which when I, when we were going through the notes, I ended up just jotting in because it made me think of, um, Hamilton, right? Um, because there's so much actually about that show that is pointed at, like when this show is over and there's an epilogue, how is history going to remember you? Um, that is a reoccurring theme that just keeps coming up. But that's one that's fun just because you can fast forward further and then look back and see how um, over time people have interpreted you know, that character and their actions and their events um, to understand very similarly to kind of to having a legacy, but like, how would your character um, be taught about in a school in 50 years, 100 years, right? Someone was reading about it in a textbook, which bits would come up, which bits were preserved, what understanding came through and what didn't. I'm going to note one of my um, favorite uh, 80s movies, 80s action sure. movies here. Again, Hackers. that's a 90s movie. Oh, my bad. <laughs> also great movie. Um, okay. <laughs> but Hackers doesn't really have a... Um, not really. Doesn't really have an epilogue. It definitely has a data mount, not an epilogue. No, yeah. um, the 1980 movie Red Dawn, um, 
about the Russian occupation of America has an epilogue right at the end where they like the main characters like the main characters die. A few of the secondary characters kind of escape into the free part of America. And then they kind of need to address what happens, right? Like what happened to the rest of like what happened, like the, the story is about the character, those characters, but what happens to the war? Because you can't close this movie out without some explanation of that. And so they have like this little epilogue about um, about a monument called Partisan Rock. And it was actually the rock that the early freedom fighters had written the names of the people they lost on the rock. And so as a callback, the epilogue kind of talks about and it actually says like, there's a narration and it shows this rock with the American flag on it, indicating that like this land has been freed once again, which by the way is like your backyard. Like it takes place, I think in Colorado, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so that is uh, my backyard. Yeah. Um, but it does say like in the early days of world war three dot, dot, you know, like it keeps going. And so it like lets you know, like, Oh, there was a bigger war and the flag flying on it indicates that like we won that war. So right. there's like a little bit of an epilogue. At the end of the story. Okay. So those are like things you can include. And there is no hard and fast rules to what to include. A lot of it will have to do with just kind of the hanging questions in your game. But we have given you some rough ideas of like what you should, what you could be thinking about. Yeah, I think a good way to think of it is actually what questions do you want to answer? Um, and the questions that you are interested in answering may vary depending on your game, your group, the characters themselves, etc. Um, but, you know, what are you interested in having a conclusion to? Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Cool. So moving right along. To yes. answer, yes. to answer the remaining questions now for... Um, that were that were brought up. We're going to just uh, kind of jump through these questions one at a time. So, would you like to take? Um, would you like to take the how long should a epilogue be? Sure. Um, yeah. So, so the next question was how long should an epilogue be? Um, and the answer is it's it's a summary, right? It shouldn't be super long. Um, it could be you know a few paragraphs, um, but it's going to depend on a bunch of things, right? Like how many characters are you doing them for? How much time do you have to spend on this? Um, how long will it remain interesting to you? Um, how much detail do you actually care about? Um, and one of the things that I kind of like with epilogues is I am actually not a fan of longer epilogues generally. Um, I tend to be a fan of um, short, succinct epilogues that give you a sense of, you know, where things kind of are, a feeling about the character um, or like the direction that they are now headed in um, without, you know, tying off all the loose ends. You don't have to answer all the questions. You only have to answer the questions that are interesting to you. Mm -hmm. um, it is okay for an epilogue to still leave things unanswered or even to raise additional questions that you have no intention of answering, right? It's okay for that to happen. Um, so this is very much about how, what is the sort of briefest way that you can sketch in the answers to the things that you want to know um, without having to dig in and spend a lot of time. So if you wanted to spend a lot of time on an epilogue, you would go right 
additional material like legends and lattes, right? Like, but that's not how you would do that at the table. Um, at the table for me, it would be like, you know, um, this character arrives in the city um, and like sees a, an empty storefront and is like, that's the one, right? Or whatever it is. And then we would get it maybe a glimpse later of like the sign hanging out front that said legends and lattes, right? Like you don't need to have all the details along the way. You just need to give us a sense um, of where that character's going. So shorter, short, short is better. Only mm -hmm. take the time you actually need to get across the idea. I won't even say short, concise. 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 Yeah. Con that, that's, that is really what I'm going for because it's not really about forcing it to be short if you need more time, but it is about you don't need to include a lot of details. We can extrapolate a lot of the, you know, point to point yep. um, connections. Right? I will even put a caveat on that. I think our assumption here when we talked about epilogues is that these epilogues are going to be shared with the rest of the group. So That's true. everything that we've been saying is make it concise, yep. right? Everybody else in the group has to read or listen to this. But if you want to sit and write sure. a few thousand words about what happened to your character afterwards sure. and later offer it to other people to read or just post it somewhere, like on your live journal. I'm kidding. Um <laughs> You know, your MySpace, your MySpace, whatever. But like I, all, I mean, all joking aside, if you have this like, I'm not done with this character and I still want to tell their story after the fact that we're no longer playing the game, you are welcome to write as much epilogue as you yes. want about it. But for your group, for the table, a yeah. concise summary would probably concise. be nice. <laughs> they will appreciate yeah. it. Yes. People should be able to opt in if it's if we're talking about 300 pages, you know, that's a that's an opt in kind of thing, not an assumed kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to tell us who is a who is a an epilogue for? Yeah. Can, should epilogues only be for PCs? No, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Major NPCs can absolutely have ep epilogues and those epilogues can be done by the GM or can be done by the PCs. It's up to whomever wants to detail out what happened to those NPCs. Sometimes a GM might have something like more invested in NPC and be like, no, no, I'd like to do their epilogue. And other times it might just be that the group is like, oh, you know what happens to them? Dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Now I and said I, me, I said major NPCs, but let me and I'll I'll sorry I'll jump right I'll yeah, jump no, it right back to you. Going. I said major NPCs, but also minor NPCs are perfectly fine to give an epilogue to if they have the eye of like the eye or the ear of the characters. Feel free to also tack on an epilogue for some minor character as well. They don't have to just be majors. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to say. Oh, is sorry. Th that uh, it's anyone that you have, you want to know, right? Like that you have a question about what happens to them. Um, anybody that you have interest and investment in to know what happens to them, they're all ripe for epilogues. Yeah. Right? It's really about who are you invested in? Uh, do epilogues for those people. You're probably invested in your characters. I'm assuming you are. Otherwise, why are you playing this game? But like whatever other NPCs you are invested in an outcome for, like them too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Anyway, um, and the last question that K-pop and RPGs asked us was, uh, what do you do when there is a big cast of rotating characters? Um, and I think part of the answer to this is, uh, again, we can kind of look back at Lord of the Rings, right? Um, because that is a large cast. And part of the answer from that particular example is that we didn't necessarily address everyone in our epilogue there. Um, we have addressed the people we were most invested in, and we saw some glimpses of some of the other folks, um, right? Some of whom were not, were less main characters, right? Like suddenly like, okay, Galadriel and Elrond are back here. Here we are in the epilogue. Um, and we got to see Bilbo, which was great. Um, but, you know, there's some other people we didn't necessarily see an epilogue for, and that is okay. But a lot of that epilogue is basically saying goodbye. Um, and they did it sort of all together. So one option is everybody has a moment together. You get it resolves some burning question about how life happens from that point on. Um, but that's not always the way things work out. Sometimes everybody's going to go their separate ways. And that's just an inevitability of having a, a group of individualized uh, player characters. So you may need to keep things very concise or give people a specific amount of time um, to kind of, you know, cover what they need to cover. Um, or you can pick and choose who you are most invested in seeing post-story. Um, and that one is interesting because depending on the style of game and the style of story you have been telling, um, that does mean that not necessarily every player character would get an epilogue unless it felt like they needed one, right? Or maybe some characters who are static characters just get the sim simple one line of like, and he continues to ride off into the sunset with his sword gleaming. You know, that's all you need. He's like, aha, it's still him. He's still doing the sword thing. Um, that's it. We're done, right? Um, so an interesting What's interesting to me about this is, uh, yes, by when Reichel that <laughs> I talk about a lot. Um, and again, if you don't know where to find it, because I know it's very difficult to find an RPG called Yes on the Internet. It is in the anthology um, Love and Resistance. Um, you can find it in there along with a game uh, that Phil and I wrote uh, called Connections, um, which is a dice stacking game. So um you know, it's out there. Uh, go pick it up. It's great. Um, but one of the interesting things about that game is that you put a bunch of characters in the middle and then you switch them all around and you play different characters. Um, so, you know, my crew having hacked that game to pieces, um, we we actually like reach into the middle, grab a character that we're interested or have an idea for the epilogue and then tell the epilogue for that character. And not all the names in that pile get picked. Um, and everybody just kind of picks one out and tells an epilogue. So it is very much about who are you invested in knowing post story? What happened to them? Who do you care about? Um, and then like, do we need to see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So, that answers the um, that answers the basic questions about epilogues. Now we thought we would just uh, talk briefly about um, what are some different styles you can use for uh, your epilogue. Like you don't have to; um, these don't have to be um, 
boring in any stretch of the imagination. So mm-hmm. what are some different ways that you can present an epilogue? And I thought we'd just ping pong through this, right? Sure. Yeah. So um, the easiest one maybe is factual. Sure. And that's just saying, you know, um, she's going to go to the city. She's going to try to find an open storefront. She's going to rebuild it. And she's really excited about the idea of coffee that she discovered when we were visiting the gnomes in Mount Nevermore. Um, and Nevermore? Never mind. Mount Nevermind? Never mind. It's Nevermind. Um, <laughs> And she's really excited about the idea of this coffee thing, and she's going to go try to make it work, right? So factual is uh, sort of just the, it is the presentation of here's the information, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one you could do is um, you could do it in the form of an obituary. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, maybe this character didn't make it, um, or maybe they didn't make it at some period later, and you write it up like an obituary. Um, go, uh, you know, a little grim, but go go read a few obituaries <laughs> for the structure. But um, there is a definite structure to how an obituary is written um, that highlights like major life events and family and who, you know, who's going to follow after them, you know, those kinds of things. And so like you could easily do something like that. Yeah. Um, related, but a little bit different. You can also do um, like a historical entry. So it might be pulling, um, you know, theoretical text out of a, a history book or something along those lines. Um, and uh, Stephen Brest has written some very good examples of this, but basically put on your best like professor hat and write it as if it was being read by a classroom full of children. Um yeah, like and, a Wikipedia entry. Yeah, it could be a Wikipedia entry. That would be cool, too. Um, yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one is you can have it told by another person. Uh, in fact, that's actually um, the movie 300 is actually being narrated by the one survivor yeah. from from that battle. Um, Thermopylae, I believe. Right. Um and he's telling the story of Leonidas. And then ultimately that becomes the epilogue that folds into, you know, that um, then kicks off the end of the movie. Sure. So, yeah. The last one is my personal favorite, um, which is montage or vignette um, epilogues. Um, I'm a big fan because uh, it ties in very closely with how I tend to run and describe games to begin with. Um, and this is basically just coming into it um, with the idea of some either a scene or a brief series of scenes that give us the sense of um, what is or has happened with that character, right? So that is, you know, um, we see um, just a snapshot of the uh, roundabout skimming through space um, and it's leaving uh, sort of a, a trail of notes behind it um, and um, as it approaches yet another planet, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? Give a, to give more of a, um, a more movie style descriptive yeah. um, to to your little epilogue and then you can in you know you can tie several of them together um if you need to cover a larger span of time um you know like i said earlier you can have your um orc walking into town finding an empty storefront you can have a brief montage of her 
turning that stable into a coffee shop. And then you can have, um, you know, you can follow a bird into the sky and then follow the bird back down that is now eating a croissant on the front porch is, you know, the sound of happy customers and the scent of coffee wafts out of the building, you know, and, you know, the camera pans back up to see the legends and lattes sign creaking gently on the breeze. And then, you know, there we end, right? Happy, happy ending. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. So yeah, there are, you know, a number of styles. Oh, I'll mention one more because it's, um, it is a bit older. So if you are, um, if you are like me, like you've already had to have a prostate exam, you will then have a better recollection of this kind of uh, epilogue, which is... Um, is it farts? I hear that's what happens. No, um, no, not. it's not about the... It's about being like, oh. I'm old. You okay. have to be old to remember okay. the Okay, I was really trying to figure out how we were no. connecting. I was just making a joke about you have to be old. <laughs> there are a number of movies, especially from like the 60s and the 70s, um, that will uh, do the epilogue like per character. They will freeze on a character and then they will like tell you a few facts about the character and then go to the next character, freeze, tell you a few facts about the character. Right. They don't like they're very, it's very period specific. I believe if my um, memory serves and again, I'm old, I believe the movie stripes does this. And I think the way they do it, if I remember, is they do it with magazine covers. They keep putting a character on a different magazine cover and they like on the cover of the magazine has um, like the titles of the articles. So you get some idea of like what they were like, that kind of thing. Again, it's very period specific. If I was doing an 80s action game, I might Absolutely. use this as sure. my epilogue, right? Like yeah. kind of That's, structure because it's very period specific, but I just bring genre. it up. Yeah. And if you know what I'm talking about and you know at least one movie that has that style epilogue, also check with your primary physician to see if it's time for your colonoscopy. <laughs> okay. Anyway, to wrap up, Epilogues are not often used, they're not often part of a role-playing game, but they are the kind of structure that you can drop into any role-playing game that lacks it. And I actually would encourage you for, especially for campaigns where you have a high degree of investment, that epilogues are a fantastic tool for beginning the process of de-rolling and like kind of giving up that character and putting them on a shelf as you get ready for a new game, a new campaign or something else. They are also an incredibly effective tool if you have a little time to do a very quick um, epilogue for one shots. Can Mm -hmm. be fun to just kind of after having a fun one shot to just be like, yeah, what happens to this character like months, you know, months and years from now kind of thing. Um, Totally able to do it there. We talked about what to include. We talked about how long to make it. Um, We talked about um, NPCs, PCs, minor characters, all of those things. What to do if you have a big ensemble cast, etc. And we've given you a couple different styles. This is something maybe we should hang on to if anyone is interested in hearing about it. Please let us know. Um... I don't know if we've ever truly done a show on de-rolling. And I think one of the things that we could touch on is the role of switching from that um, like first person investment in speaking to epilogue third person um, 
as part of that process, but it's an interesting thing. And so I'll just throw it out there. If anyone is interested in hearing us discuss that style of stuff more, let us know. Yeah, actually, um, we've done a whole show on how to get into character. Yes. I don't never think actually talked about how to get out of character. never talked about getting out of character, even though it is written into Turning Point, actually, yep. pretty carefully, because that one um, requires a level of investment. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, throwing that Absolutely. one out to the universe. Let cool. us know. Let us know All if right. you're interested. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Um, that's our wrap up. Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Sure. Um, on the Gnomecast, several gnomes from Gnomes Do get together and talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Boy, I've dodged that stew pot a lot recently. It's probably about time for me to say yes to Ange next time she asks for some gnomes. Yeah, I got to jump in on one. I haven't done yeah, one yeah. in a little while. They're fun to do. I love doing they're them. Great. They just they're often weekend recordings and we record on the weekends yeah, and it's, it's like, a oh, I'm already like I'm already doing a thing. <laughs> Plus I have a game on the weekends. I have two games. I have one game with you, mm-hmm. one game um, you know, with my regular groups like I get kind of busy weekends. It's hard. Yeah. Busy anyway, guy. But I anyway. like doing them. So I Me also too, want to do great. them. They're yeah. great. Cool. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us still on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us both individually on uh, the Dice.Camp Mastodon, which is Idella Mithland um, or DNA Phil. You can find us on the TikTok with those same handles. You can mi- find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And once they have found us in any of those myriad of places, what can they do with that information? Yeah. Uh, much like K-pop and RPGs, toss us out a question. Ask us about a certain part of gaming, type of gaming, um, a certain mechanic, method, technique, etc. Ask us whatever, and uh, we will do our best to give our experiences, break it down for you, give you some tips, some tricks, pitfalls to avoid, etc., all with the same goal, which is to help you run more better games, because the more better games you run, the more fun you'll have. The more fun you have GMing, the more you will want to GM, which means the more players get to play, the more games you get to run. And if um, you are like us, the more different types of games you will run in your tenure as a GM throughout this hobby, and you will stay in this hobby longer something I have enjoyed for many, many years and have no plans on going anywhere. So um, we think it's all good and we'd like to help you stay. So um, drop us some ideas. We always love to get new ideas. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You will get the Bamboo Lounge from the show. You will get the uh, you will get the after show from the Misdirected Mark and you will get access to the awesome Slack room for life. Um, those are some fantastic people talking about everything under the sun. Uh, we have different channels for different types of topics. You just pick the ones you want to be in. You don't have to be in the other ones. Um, so it's, you know. You can just hang out and do the general stuff. You can talk about food, role-playing games, blah, 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 blah. It's all on there. It's great. Um, It's actually my favorite form of social media right now, which is just to go to the Slack room and see what everyone's up to. Um, You know, you can can ask Phil about bags if you need to buy a new bag. Just saying. 
there's many people you can talk um, cooking stuff <laughs> with. We have a lot of good cooks. Mm-hmm. The, the misdirected Mark, uh, if, if we all got together, we could we could be eating well. Like the misdirected we Mark group very well, would, yeah. would eat well if they got together mm-hmm. and cooked together. Con. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't wrong about that. Sticking to that idea. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you very much. If you're able to... Uh, support our Patreon campaign. We appreciate it greatly. That money goes to everything from keeping our servers running to microphones that we're talking into and all of that stuff. So super helpful and we greatly appreciate it. If you're unable to back our Patreon campaign, we understand there's still a thing you can do. It uses a little bit of your time and we know that's important, but if you can spare just a little bit of it, it helps us immensely. Senda, what is that thing? Uh, You can either... Tell a friend if there's someone that you think that uh, our show would be a good fit for, would be useful to them, or they might enjoy it, let them know. Um, also on social media, wherever, you know, wherever somebody's looking for a show, um, we really appreciate those recommendations. You can also leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, which is like doing the same thing, but for a stranger. And also for us, because when people review our show... <laughs> It makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you very much to everyone who has already left a review. Um, If you uh, leave a review, um, we will read it and be very appreciative, Uh, especially if it's in a place that I can find it easily, because admittedly, it's hard to search across the Internet all over for any possible review in any of the possible places. So also feel free to tell me that it's out there and then I will go read it and have a squee. Um, yeah. And thank you so very much to everyone who has already left us a rating or review. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for all of you who have helped us make 300 episodes. Yeah. 300 episodes. Because we would not have gotten to 300 episodes if it wasn't for all of your questions and um, things that you have asked us to talk about over uh, the many years of the show. So thank you. Um we tip our hats to you because we actually owe you guys a lot yeah, we, um, for getting this far. We really generally do not come up with our own topics as a general rule. Um, so this show is very much driven by the fact that you all have kept answering um, or not answering that you all have kept asking us questions because mm-hmm. without that, this show uh, peters off, right? I mean, it just turns into ditch lily. There's um, Lily trivia forever and correct. the pandas closet organization episodes. Some bag know. talk, <laughs> some other sketchy talk that, you know, probably shouldn't be on here. Probably cetera, not here. Probably should be somewhere else. Anyway. <laughs> Say, Senda, what do you think the epilogue for your character is going to be for our Long Live the Queen game? we I don't think it's even possible to predict that. Show me what you got, 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 show me what This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Checking the waveform. Checking the yeah, waveform. Yeah, now I'm like, oh, Checking the waveforms. Really yeah, it looks good. <laughs> what, what, what was that? <laughs> Checking the waveforms. 
Is that I? Okay, it's my death of, metal. Yeah, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But also, it was like could have gone one of uh, two other ways, which was like Muppet, like one of the really big Muppets, like no, you know, what's your phenomena? Do 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 right? Um, or or could have been the spoken word voice of a three hundred pound chicken. Sure, I got a little on that chicken. <laughs> will you just will you just do it again, but say cluck for me instead? Cluck. <laughs> okay, we should make more now. Is there some children's story that I'm forgetting? Yes, that I yeah, I knew. Okay, <laughs> thought so. A, yeah, for everybody who's very confused in the audience, um, I'm giggling because Phil has just uh, strongly brought back my childhood memories of a Daniel Pinkwater book called The Hoboken Chicken Emergency. And uh, boy, it was a favorite. So moving right along. There you go. You, oh, moved no. your, you laughed so much you moved your cat. Yeah, I'm thinking she might want to go out, but she hasn't told me about it yet, but she's going to tell me about it as soon as we actually start. Yeah. So maybe I should just take care of that. Yes. Be right back. Bloop. Hey, folks. It's Phil. I'm just sitting here, chilling on a Sunday. Mm, getting ready to record. Hey, Ryan, what's up? How was your weekend? Mine was pretty good. Did some cooking, did a little bacon. Bloop. My cat is such a diva. I don't know if you just saw. No. That walk out, the look over the shoulder, a little flick of the tail, and then like slowly walked out. Like, you will you will work on my time, human. <laughs> <laughs> she's very cute. I, she's the princess. I had a cat that was the baby. She's the princess. <laughs> and a model. She likes to model. Anyway. Bloop! The show. The show. The show must go on. On with the show. This is it. I lost my pen. There it is. Okay. I found my pen. We need to get squared up here for Ryan. Oh my God, we are all over the place. I know we got to focus here. Got to get this okay. show done. I know you got a time limit. Okay, bloop! Yay! Ten seconds of silence. Okay, Ryan. This next piece is for you to put in wherever you think is appropriate oh, for the show. Um, I'm just going to record it. I maybe do one or two takes, and then um, you feel free to put it in. I think I think it'll make sense to you. Stop, I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Bloop. Do it one more time. Oh, okay. You're not going to do it as part of like the intro or something? No, I figured Ryan could just like, like, because the intros, I got something for the intro, but okay. I figured Ryan could just, you know, pick this up and uh, fit it wherever, you know. This is going to be a new button on the soundboard somewhere. If no, only we this had a only applies to this episode. <laughs> It's part of the joke. Okay. All right. Now I got to do a second take and there's like all this okay, crap okay, in between okay, it now. Okay. 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 Bloop. Good. I thought they were good. Okay. Good. All right. All right. I got to take a sip of water. That, <laughs> like workshop stuff. Like. <laughs> bloop. Just as a reminder, I don't know what he's going to do before he does it. This next part will be tricky. We may do oh. a second take of this. Oh, boy. Bloop. No, probably not. It's too early. <laughs> Show me what you got. 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 
300. 